Let's uh, uh, read from Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, uh, verses 10 to 18. And uh, let's read this portion of Scripture. Uh, I'm sure that most of you who read the Bible are familiar with this. But just to bring it back to our focus and attention tonight, we'll review it. Uh, Acts chapter 9, verses 10 to 18 says, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. And the seen in the vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here is authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray that you'll quicken it to us tonight in the wonderful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, the first uh, part of this uh, chapter 9 of Acts describes the dramatic events in the conversion of Saul, who then became the great Apostle Paul. And it is the story of a radical transformation of a persecutor of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to probably the greatest missionary that has ever lived. And so most sermons we hear on this portion of Scripture have to do with Paul. And this is good. After all, Paul was God's chosen man to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. He was the greatest missionary that ever lived. He wrote most of the epistles of the New Testament. And on and on goes his uh, resume. And because he was such a great apostle, we often have trouble identifying with him. Even though in uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he does exhort us and say, follow me as I follow Christ. And so we uh, try to do this, but we do it at a respectful distance because we realize that Paul is so much greater than we are, and he has accomplished so much more than we will ever accomplish that we don't dare, dare to even compare ourselves to him or hope to achieve anything close to what he achieved in the kingdom of God. But the good news is that not only apostles are used by God to be beneficial in the kingdom of God. And that's what I want to use for uh, a title for my little mini Bible study tonight, Not Only Apostles. Not only apostles are used by God to fulfill God's purposes in the earth. Oh, yeah, God will choose certain ones that he does elevate to the level of apostle. But for the most of us, we never end up being apostles. And often we think maybe that there's nothing much we can do. Well, let's take a look whether we, there's nothing much we can do. Let's focus our attention on, instead of Paul tonight, on Ananias. And what kind of a man was this man, Ananias, that God would choose him 
to play such an important role in the life and conversion of this great Apostle Paul. And from Ananias' example, I can then receive encouragement, inspiration, and faith that God can use me. And in that service to God, who knows, I may also launch someone into ministry that may become a great apostle or some pastor or some evangelist, even though I myself will always be just a plain, ordinary saint. If there is such a thing as a plain, ordinary saint, right? <laughs> well, anyway, uh, let's look briefly at five characteristics of this plain, ordinary Ananias and see how quickly we can identify with him, okay? And I'll go very briefly. I'll just touch, touch lightly on each of these five. Number one, Ananias was a good man. He was not an angel. He was not an apostle. He was just an obscure, plain man, but he was a good man. And we don't know much about him except what we read in our text here tonight. And also, what Paul said of him in a later testimony in Acts chapter 22, where he describes him as a devout man, according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there. So he was a man of God to the fullest. He was a good man, and it was the Lord that made him into a good man. You see, he knew the Lord Jesus intimately and immediately recognized his voice when the Lord spoke to him in a vision. And compare that to Saul. Remember Saul? The great line of God. He thought he was doing God such a great favor by persecuting the sect, the Christians. And when the Lord struck him down and called him by name, Saul had no idea who was calling him by name. He didn't know God. He thought he did, but he didn't. But Ananias was different. Ananias had a very intimate and close relationship with the Lord. He recognized his voice immediately. And also the Lord knew him, obviously, called him by name. And this is in fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah 43, 1, where he says, I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Ah, it's wonderful to know that we are his. Amen? Oh, and how intimate it is. You know, you know that the Lord knows how many hairs you have on your head? <laughs> Call about intimacy, huh? Oh, yes, it's wonderful to know that we belong to him. And so this is what qualified Ananias to be used of God, and this is what qualifies us. Simply, our intimacy with God, which leads us to be good people. Oh, yeah, sometimes we feel inadequate. Sometimes we feel weak and obscure and think that we can do nothing. And, uh, it, but that doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter what your position in life is. It doesn't matter what your position in church is. As long as you have an intimate relationship with the Lord, just like Ananias did, this is what will lead you to be a good person. When you're a good person, the Lord can use you. Let the goal of your life be simply to be good. Not to be someone great or famous, just simply to be good. Amen? Because the Lord uses people to do His work who are good, genuine, sincere, dedicated, and living close to Him. So Ananias was a good man, and that was enough to qualify him to be used of God. Amen. Number two, Ananias was a ready man. As soon as the Lord called him by name, he said, I'm here, Lord. Unfortunately, some Christians would have to answer, Lord, I'm uh, in many places, but I'm not here. Or, Lord, uh, I'm here in body, but my mind and my spirit are wandering off somewhere far away. Yes, you know, some people are always ready for personal business. They're ready for worldly pleasures, but not so ready for the things of God. 
And so a question tonight. Uh, Wanda, give a little, a little uh, self-test, okay? You don't have to answer out loud, just a little self-test. What are you more ready to do? Are you more ready to go to a baseball game or to a prayer meeting? Are you more ready to watch a film with friends or to teach a home Bible study? Are you more ready to go to a family fellowship or to a church service? Oh, yeah, we know what the carnal man likes, what the natural man likes. But the question is tonight, do, can you overcome the desires of the flesh, of the natural man, of the carnal man, by the will of the Spirit and say, I'm ready to do your will, O oh God? Huh? What a marvelous thing for us to be able to say, yes, Lord, I'm here, ready to do your will. Yes, Lord, I'm here, ready to find that lost soul. I'm here, Lord, ready to teach someone more about you, someone that has a hunger to know about you. Lord, I'm here, ready to speak a word of comfort and encouragement and uh, hope to those in need. Lord, I'm here, ready to stand, simply to stand in a godless society for truth and righteousness. Lord, I'm here, ready to spend time in prayer and intercession for the lost. You see, the Lord always uses someone who is ready, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Word of God. That's the way Ananias was. And that's why the Lord chose to use him. Number three, Ananias was an understanding man. When the Lord said to him concerning Saul, behold, he's praying, Ananias knew immediately what that meant because Ananias himself had been a sinner and he, was, he also prayed when the grace of God began to work in his life and which resulted in his salvation. So he immediately understood that the grace of God was working on this man Saul causing him to pray and call on God for salvation. So first of all, we must uh, have an experience of salvation ourselves before we can understand the working of God in others. So the question tonight is, have you repented of your sins? Have you been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Have, uh, are you living a, 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 a victorious Christian life every day? Are you fulfilling the Lord's command and are you a witness for him? You see, if our personal salvation is precious to us, then we will understand those who are praying and seeking God, and we will help them come into a relationship with God to be saved. That's the way Ananias was. And number four, Ananias was a discerning man. Notice that Ananias had such a close, intimate relationship with the Lord that he wasn't afraid to voice his concern or ask questions. And his discerning spirit immediately tried to reconcile this job that the Lord gave him with the fact of what he heard about this man from others, that he had done so much evil in the church. So how do you put these two together? And uh, he, he sincerely wanted to know from the Lord because he knew that the Lord knows all things. He knew that the Lord knows all people. And he just wanted the Lord to give him a little assurance about the character of this man before he was ready to launch out to go and visit him. And, you know, it is not wise for us to believe everything negative we hear about people. But on the other hand, it's not wise for us to just slap them on the back and pretend everything is okay if it's not. Uh, discernment. You know, sometimes, uh, uh, and I remember just uh, not too long ago, there came a, quite a large man to our headquarters church. Uh, right after the morning service when you're, you know, at your lowest step or highest step, whatever. But my discernment was a little bit on the side. And, 
he, he comes to me with even the name and address of our missionary in Spain. He says, you know, I, I just came from Spain, and I'm, I'm a little bit hard up, and I, I need some money. And, and, and uh, you know, us Christians, we're so, so soft. We're just compassionate. We just want to help everybody, right? And so sometimes we, we, that, that uh, kind of covers our discernment, and, but it shouldn't. And uh, sure enough, this man was a con man. I mean, he conned me good. And then in the end, he said, you want to pray for me? And I even prayed for him, Brother Sabolchi. That was horrible. <laughs> you, know, you shouldn't pray for people that are sinning. Huh? Not, not to bless them on their way anyway. Yeah. You know, if they are in sin, then, of course, we need to help them repent and come out of it. But on the other hand, if they're just struggling and, and weak and trying to find their way, well, let's not just stomp all over them, but let's help them. This is where the discernment comes in. And Ananias was a discerning man. And he was consulting with the Lord. Lord, please tell me, am I going to do the right thing if I go see this man that I heard so much ba bad things about? about? And uh, so uh, discernment is very important. Number five, Ananias was an obedient man. You know, as soon as the Lord assured him, yeah, I am the one that's working in this man's life. Don't be afraid, Ananias. Go in peace and as soon as Ananias was assured of this, he dropped everything he was doing and he obeyed the Lord. See, the obedience is the important fact right here. He was probably never in the house of this man Judas before, but he was on a mission from God now. And that mission required speed and gaining boldness. He didn't know, needed no introduction. He didn't, needed no appointment. He was now moved with compassion and mercy for this man who has done so much evil in the church, but who was now in the miraculous process of transformation and salvation. And as soon as he entered the house, he put his hands of compassion upon Saul, and by the love of God in his heart, he called him Brother Saul, thereby confirming to Saul what the Lord was already doing in his life. And he says, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the way has sent me, so you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. He received his sight. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of his sins. You see, because Ananias' obedience resulted in Saul's obedience to the gospel. And it's the same gospel that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. How wonderful is obedience to the Lord. It results in our own salvation. It results in the salvation of those we are ministering to. So let us never be shy or fearful about talking to people as directly as Ananias did when those people are just as prepared and ready as Saul was to receive the message. You see, Ananias didn't try to hide the message in any way or delay it in any way. But immediately after calling him by name, he says, the Lord Jesus. See, this is the message, the Lord Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that came to earth to die for us and pay the penalty for our sins. It's the Lord Jesus. It's the name of Jesus given to us whereby we must be saved. And so the message is the same today for us. In obedience to the Great Commission, let us always tell people the story of Jesus. He's the Savior of the world. It's an honor and a joy to serve Him. Amen? Amen. And to obey Him. And the good news is that you don't have to be an apostle to do this basic ministry for the Lord. Just be a devoted saint of God like Ananias. Be a good person. Be a ready person. Be an understanding person, a discerning person, and an obedient person. And nothing on this list is too hard for any of us. You see, uh, this list is not only given to apostles to fulfill, but the Lord has prepared each one of us to be able to fulfill it as well. There were two young men on a late train coming out of Paris into the suburbs. 
and because it was so late at night, it was almost empty. In the first car was a young man from our church by the name of Antonio. In the second car behind him was a young man just come out of Africa by way of Germany. And in fact, he was in France illegally at the time. Uh, and uh, he was, uh, you know, the dreadlocks, the dilated pupils, drug addict, alcoholic, you name it, this young man has done it. In fact, he told us later that at that point in life, he was ready to commit suicide because he had given up hope on everything. And the Lord speaks to Antonio in the first car. He says, Antonio, he says, here my Lord. He says, next stop, you get out and get in the car behind you. Well, Antonio, you know, at first probably thought, why should I? The car train's empty anyway. But without question, he did what he was told to do. Went to the second car, and the only thing he saw there was that young man sitting there forlornly. So obviously, that was the object of, the, of this whole uh, operation. He went and sat beside the young man, began to tell him about the Lord. He took him home that night and cleaned him up and gave him some food to eat and a place to sleep. Brought him to church, and sure enough, the Lord saved him. <laughs> Amen. Today, Thomas is one of our uh, licensed ministers. He's in charge of our outreach program in the headquarters church, on fire for God, always out in the streets looking to see who can, he can bring to the Lord. All because Antonio listened to the, to the directions of the Lord. You see... We're building the kingdom of God together. Amen? By doing what? By doing the simple, basic things that every one of us can do. You know, every time you come to church, you're building up the kingdom of God. And often we think of going to church as something, well, maybe not that important. And often we say, well, if I don't go to church tonight, somebody else will. Oh, no. If you're not here, you're detracting from the kingdom of God. Your very presence here is helping to build up the kingdom of God. A simple thing is being here. Every time you pray, you're building up the kingdom of God. Every time you read the Bible, you're building up the kingdom of God. Every time you bring your children to Sunday school, you're bring up, building up the kingdom of God. Every time you come to the altar to pray with someone, you're building up the kingdom of God. Every time you bring in your tithes and offerings, every time you support a missionary, you're building up the kingdom of God. Simple things. Amen. All of this is very simple, and every one of us can do this, not only apostles. And when each one of us fulfills this basic ministry for the Lord, yes, we're going to reach our community, we're going to reach our nation, and we are going to reach our world. Amen?